Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. I love you, Zach. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Beat enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye, eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter, and I am here this week with none other than Jake Anderson again. The, the crowd goes quietest. wild. Yeah, they're not that wild. <laughs> it was so faint you could not even hear it. That was the shade, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so it's been seven weeks since we last saw Jake. And we're here really just to catch up on his adventures. Like, uh, where have you been, Jake? What have you been doing? Who have you overthrown in the last, in the last little while? I'm good. I mean, Zach couldn't make it this week, so I'm I'm filling in for Zach. Right. Now, um, after being stuck on with me for like four straight hours, Zach's never coming back to the crossroads. I mean, he was gentle <laughs> about it, but he was like, nah, Jake puts up as too much. This is... this." I, tr- I tried to I tried to warn him. No, I didn't. I didn't. I wanted it to be unexpected. And, and it was. It was uh, majorly unexpected. Uh, he was very kind about it. You need a you need a new podcast called the Peter Howard Experience. Right. I tried trading you in from Adam from the Dynasty Owners Manual last night on the open oh, bar. Yeah. I and saw that because he. Uh, oh shit! I'm he has the hate in right him. He compared um, Girl Scouts to savages, and that's when I knew that he had the hate in him, and we'd get along great. But um, yeah, Chris is just uh, Chris from the Dynasty Owners Manual is clearly not someone you give up on. So I couldn't I couldn't make that work. Um, struck out there. But, we'll keep uh, trying. Well, no, you know, we'll keep we'll, we'll we'll work through our issues. <laughs> we'll try to resolve <laughs> our problems, and uh, we'll keep moving. No, but in all seriousness, um, 
Thank you, Zach, for, for coming on. Um, we were talking pre-show. Zach is, does really phenomenal work, and I respect what he does a ton. He's such such a well-spoken guy and puts in a lot of work. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, Zach. Really appreciate you filling in the small shoes that you had to fill in uh, <laughs> with your giant feet. I'm excited to listen to that. I, we just uh, posted those, both those episodes, those mini episodes uh, that you guys recorded last week. So those are live. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I miss Peter. And, uh, yeah, who are we talking about tonight? Who knows? Um, yeah, I'd like to thank Zach as well, one of the sharpest people I've uh, had the pleasure of having a conversation with outside of Jake, who I can obviously never give up because until I win an argument, I just uh, I can't scratch this itch. So maybe that will be tonight. I think we've got four players lined up, and we will see how many we get through. <laughs> I think that's the plan again here in the off season. We decided we might talk about Alexander Madison and uh, Miles Sanders at the running back position, and also Preston Williams and Keyshawn Johnson uh, from the wide receiver position. So we're going to try and get through one or both of those pairings. Um, do you have a preference, he said, knowing the answer, between the running back and the wide receiver position? <laughs> I think you know where I stand, but I'm good either way. Yeah, we can start with running back. Why not? Let's kick it off with Madison. He's a guy I hear his name occasionally, but I don't think I hear it enough. Yeah, I mean, shout out to our our friend Jesse Reeves over at FF Statistics. I know he was on Alexander Madison for quite a while, and I just did a deep dive last week. Let's just say I was very excited from what I saw. I don't think he's getting a lot of love. I don't think he's going to be like a superior athlete. I think the big knock that he gets is he doesn't have long speed. And he's not, like, incredibly elusive. But from what I saw on tape, he reminds me a little bit of Kareem Hunt and and David Montgomery. I mean, these guys are just such well-rounded running backs that maybe aren't sexy, super freak athletes. But just get the job done in every single phase that you're looking for. Contact balance, good feet, good vision, elusiveness. Uh, I think he has plenty of it to get by. I think he makes up for any lack of athleticism with instincts and vision. And he's a good pass catcher. I think he's a natural pass catcher. They didn't ask him to run a lot of routes. They played him in the slot every once in a while. I think he was he, he kind of hit that threshold that we're looking for on the 25 pass catches mark at Boise State. He was featured there, and um, they stacked the box a lot against him. So, you know, I think some people question the level of competition he had as well. But, man, you you see some games like the Fresno State game. Their whole game script was to take Madison out. And he didn't have a great game that game. But you could tell everything was kind of devised off of play action and misdirection, trying to act like they were going to get Madison the ball and using the, you know, defense stack boxes to get other people involved. But he's a guy that I just, I'm really excited about. I talked about last week. He's, he's you know, he put his name in the contention to be a top five running back in this class. And a lot of that is because it's a down class. I'm not overly excited about it. But man, I'm a big fan. I'd like to hear exactly what you think about him yeah about the same i don't know like you did a shout out to jesse reeves which i always try not to do no no <laughs> i'm just kidding um, I, I love jesse but a shout out to a big name that suddenly doesn't need it is jj zacharyson he just produced his first like off-season running back episode on what they look like compared to past running back classes and um madison uh, was a name that came up it's not the most important name in that episode definitely recommend you check it out 
But just in a class where there are constant red flags on everyone, Madison doesn't really have any big mm -hmm. red flags. So I don't know why he's not popping. If a team's looking for a true three-down back, I think Madison stands out head and shoulders above 90%, if not 95% of this class. Like He's like one of just a couple of running backs who've had more than one year with over 20 receptions in a season. Like, just... Just on that simple counting stat level, he's got better numbers. Now, when you break that down, one of the ways I look at it is yards per game or receptions per game, because it produces a really low number, and I think it makes uh, I think it makes it sticks out stick out a little more. It's what I've got in my post draft model as well. Madison had 1.6 receptions a game, which sounds really terrible, but it's pretty good for a running back, especially when you compare to like Saquon Barkley. He had 2.7 receptions per game, so being half as good as Saquon Barkley is never really a bad thing. According to his total dominator which is when i use a dominator rating but i combine rushing and receiving uh, madison had again two great years at age 19 and 20 it was at least 12 percent over the average of successful running backs in the nfl and by successful running backs i mean any that have had a top 24 season since 2000 and so yeah madison just looks like he was really productive he was really productive running the ball he was decent uh, had a decent college share uh, of his receptions, for a running back at least. Um, so he's got kind of this all-round profile. And so I'm surprised in a class where that basically doesn't exist for most, that his name is... I've heard it mentioned. It's not like we're uncovering sure. um, an Alex Barnes here or anything. But like people mention him this way. They say, yeah, he's good. People should mention him more. And then it stopped. Madison was really good. And the other thing, like the way, especially with running backs, where I've been looking at their production in college, like uh, JJ and others just use their last year. I try and I'm trying to search for more than just last year because some players show a dip in their last year and then still do well in the NFL. So I like looking at the whole college production. But just because I'm saying like. Because he's got orange lights, not red lights, it makes it sound like he doesn't have upside, like he could never be a top right. 12 running back. But running back production in college tells you if they're good in college, which is what you want. It ticks the box, and Madison ticks the box. So I don't think, what, from what I can say, that he has limited upside. I think you maybe think he had a little bit of a season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, he, he's a guy that it reminds me a little bit of Kareem Hunt. I mean, I think he's going to be the guy that... Um, not super flashy. Probably is not going to test all that great. Probably isn't going to get drafted before the third or fourth round. Landing spot's going to be huge, like it is with all these running backs. And, and opportunity's massive. Um, can it be a down at three down back? I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, we we never know. But we're also talking about a guy that's probably consensus, maybe even outside the top ten RBs or you know towards the latter part of the top ten for a lot of people. That seems just crazy yeah. to me. Like I think he should be. Like, if he's not one of the first five names in this class out of your mouth, I don't get it. Without draft capital, sure. I don't... I, and that's 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 kind of where I'm at. I mean, I think he's put himself in that conversation. You know, you look at guys that are probably sexier, like Devin Singletary and um, obviously Daryl Henderson. I think people are going to be taking those guys well ahead of a guy like Madison. And I like those guys. I think they're more difficult to project. And definitely henderson more so than singletary i don't see why madison should be so much lower than those guys i think he should be higher than a few yeah. of them like singletary i don't mind his profile but again he's got like red flags sure. i mean you know, might he still might be good in the nfl but i mean he has at least one serious concern which is the amount of receptions and receiving work he was getting Man madison doesn't have yeah, that he's he's a little bit more of a flashy running back you know he's not a crazy athlete but he does put some moves on people. You know, he's good in the open field. But, again, that's another player that I think you, you see some really poor poor tackling angles, some poor 
level of competition. And you could say the same thing about Madison, but I don't know. I just I see it differently. I see Madison with a lot more crunch boxes than than a guy like Singletary. And I like Singletary, but you know, then Singletary's also been a guy that's been floating around in the Debbie community for a couple of years now. So he does have some name cachet, which which goes a long way with with people. And a guy like Madison, you know, he hasn't been a guy that's been talked about in Debbie at all. Um, and he's definitely going to be a guy that I'm looking at. Yeah, um, like I say, he comes up as the fourth most productive overall for his entire college season, which, you know, again, the heights for running backs matter. So the overall view isn't how I produce a model or produce rankings, but I think it's a fair shot on who was good in college. He was the fourth uh, most productive player in this class, and those production scores, uh, as I call them, um, are actually the only ones that are really comfortably comparable to past NFL running backs that have been good. Like, this class is weak, but those top four have pretty good production scores, even compared to past draft class. And so, yeah, I really like Madison. The only reason I don't want to talk about it more is because we have three other players. And, <laughs> yeah. like, there's, like, it's good. Good, yeah. good, 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 good. Let's where he's, see where he's drafted, mm-hmm. and I think we can get really excited about it. Is, is there anything else you can add? Like, I don't understand where the non-excitement comes from on Madison. No, <laughs> I think we're pretty much on the same page. Let's, uh, let's move forward. Damn, that's disappointing. Um, so... So yeah, let's look, let's uh, compare him to Miles Sanders. Are you higher or lower on Sanders than? Uh, they're kind of both in the same ballpark, actually. For me, they're both I think underrated running backs that are in the top five running back conversation for me. You know, a lot of people are going to talk to Sanders not having the production profile, but again, he was behind you know the greatest running back prospect of all time yeah let's lead with yeah. that so <laughs> that's I think a if you're point. gonna talk away production <laughs> profiles i think you can do that and actually he he had some production when saquon was there so i think that's impressive he's not a huge back i think he's going to be around that 210 pound mark um he's another guy that i he, keep hearing that he's not fast enough and i i don't see it i mean he's a five-star recruit i think he shows really good elusiveness in the open field i think he sets up defenders his start start stop ability is really impressive so he's got really good feet um pretty good contact balance not overly powerful but i don't think he shies away from it you know he's not just a space player uh, i think he's better in um, when when the running play can develop, you know he's not necessarily a one cut and go type of running back. But I also think he's he runs some good routes, so I think he's going to be a weapon in the passing game. So man, he's a guy that I think is being just just slept down a little bit. You know, if if uh, I can get Madison, probably I, I'm guessing I can probably get him in the mid to late second. I think I can get Sanders in the mid to late second. I know I took him um, in one of the DLF rookie mocks in the mid second. I think it may have been super. Fly- but yeah both those guys just seem like screaming value at that point yeah miles sanders um someone i hadn't taken a close look at mainly because his overall profile suffers like jake said one thing to say about that from a numbers point of view the idea that running backs hold other running backs back if you if you like test for the way i can test for things whether running backs who get held back by other running backs then break out when they leave there isn't a good correlation between that and success but that's a really unfair way of looking at it because you're putting them in a, into a group of running backs who mostly just couldn't break out because they weren't any good. 
and they were going up against other running backs that weren't any good in the <laughs> NFL. So it's a reason like JJ and um, Matt Kelly and other people look more closely at a player's final year because they've had the most advantages they can possibly have. They're as physically developed as they've ever been in college. They know the offense as well as they're ever going to get. They're getting veteran difference from the college teams. So that's why the final year tells you a lot about what a running back is. The overall profile matters less because there are, frankly, um, usage concerns. As we know in the NFL with Rashad Penny, great running backs get held back when the team just gives opportunity. I can see Jake, it's funny. Um, Two other players, despite good common sense that Rashad Penny should get more touches, for example. So it's not a direct comparison. With wide receivers, I think looking at the whole profile it's a lot better way to find out who is good or bad. And like I said with Madison, the heights for running back matter a lot, especially the final year. So let's look at his height. Let's look at what Sanders did after Barkley left. The minute Barkley leaves with one of the highest uh, receptions per game that I've tracked since 2000, like I just pointed out, Miles Sanders jumped up to 22 targets in his final year at age 21, um, which works out to about 1.8 receptions per game or 22 receptions sorry which is fine that's good actually compared to most running backs um when you look at their entire career and um, so we're just looking at one year but it's still good enough and um, he also jumped up to a total college dominator rating above the average for running backs in the nfl that have had a top 24 season in fact he was four percent over which isn't as uh, high over the average as madison was in both his good years but still with just one year as a starter and you jump up to immediately better than average i think that's a positive sign and so we have less we just have less on miles sanders because barkley was there but when he did get the lead role he was fine but uh i can't i I can't disprove jake and that's that's really painful for me uh, as i think we all know but no i think it was he was good in college when he finally got the job and uh, that's probably the fairest thing i can say about i think him. i think i i understand like talking away jacobs like i understand that i i can never understand talking away saquon <laughs> right <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah you can just you can't i understand it, it goes against any kind of model for running back production i just for me, I don't care. Right. I yeah, really exactly. don't care. Yeah, come on, running back guru. Uh, tell me more. Uh, is there anything we're missing on Sanders? Like, um, what does he do different than Madison on tape? I think he's more elusive. Um, I don't think he's as powerful. I think they're. I think he's probably more of a route runner in the passing oh, really? game That's interesting. than Madison is. Yeah. I just. I just think he's. He's more athletic. I guess you know. I think he's a little bit more of a space player than Madison is. I think they are a little bit different skill sets, even though I do think they both could be three down backs. Madison's definitely more comfortable running Sorry, inside. How are they size-wise? Like, until the combine, I don't have numbers for that. So, like... It- uh, Madison was listed at 220, around six feet. Miles Sanders, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Some place right. list him at 210, some place 215. Sanders is a little bit smaller, I would say, but not by much. I think... Honestly, size-wise, it's it's they're comparable. But neither's gonna get tagged with just a space. No, right? no. I mean, Madison's definitely not gonna be tagged as a, especially just a space back. Definitely more of a downhill runner. Miles Sanders, I guess people could say he's more of a space runner, but I don't know. I think he has good enough vision, and I think he's strong enough to run between the tackles just fine. In this class, if they are seriously falling to the second round, I'm going to take these running back flyers over my wide receiver flyers more often than not, just because of the value of the position. And that's 
That's a hard thing for me to say, Jake. <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to play that on a loop when I go to sleep. I would, I would take these guys over Ashland Doolin, which is a big thing. What I'm worried about as far as, you know, um, us talking about him for a podcast is we're so in sync that we've got no argument, which might might make it less clear that we're high on these guys. So let me one more time try and contextualize it. There are like three wide receivers in this class. I would argue that you should not draft over those two running backs if they got good draft capital. And that's it. That's interesting. Uh, and that's in like a week weak running back class right yeah. I mean, class in general yeah i mean you know you know how i feel i mean especially in rookie drafts if you get a running back that you think projects well in the nfl and they have good draft capital and they have good landing spot I mean, i'm generally taking running backs if it's close maybe four wide receivers because i love greg dorch um but anyway am i missing anything no i think that i mean the thing is we're we're green but we're both agreeing against kind of consensus so i think that's, right yeah that's what's just, standing out is we we both like these guys more than consensus i'd say I, I just don't want that to slip by because we're being so friendly with each other. It might seem like, oh, they don't matter. No, actually, we're pretty high compared to consent. We, we're arguing with consensus instead of each other. and We don't like it. So let's move on. Um, so the wide receiver, we've got Preston Williams and Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, I want you to start. Um, do you have a preference on which? Might as well get Preston Williams out of the way. Um, yeah, let's fight. Let's go. Sure. Preston Williams, wide receiver out of Colorado State, 6'4", you know, 200 change maybe 210 he was a guy that got in quite a bit of trouble at tennessee he redshirted and transferred to colorado state didn't get invited to the combine so there's definitely risk there i would say he's not a perfect prospect either i mean he had a monster season do you have his stats right in front of you for this season preston williams yeah he played in 12 games um this last season and you know jake's handed the microphone over foolishly i say he was really productive in his final year he transferred into the mountain west conference he got 13 1340 (laughs) he got uh 1345 receiving yards he got 14 touchdowns which is phenomenal um that works out to 37%, 37%, just over 37% of the team's receiving yards, and 56% of the team's receiving touchdowns, which are significantly high mark. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that's intriguing, to say to say the least. I mean, it'd be interesting what would have happened if he would have kept his nose clean throughout his collegiate career and maybe stayed at Tennessee. Maybe he wouldn't have been anything, but he was a, a four- or five-star recruit coming out of high school. Five. So he, he had high hopes with, with his talent. He's, I believe he's a track guy too, so he has good long speed. He is a long strider. I don't love his ability to get off press coverage. He hasn't had to do that a whole lot. Doesn't show the ability to do that consistently. I think he is, because he's a long strider, it's hard to, for him to get in and out of his breaks at the at his route stem. But vertically, he's good. He's got good hands, but they are incons- inconsistent. Sometimes he uses his hands really well. He tracks the ball really well. Sometimes he definitely lets the ball into his chest and has some drops. You know, I think when he gets pushed off his spot during a route, it's trouble for him. You know, when he gets a free release or gets off, you know, creates separation from a DB, then it's it's kind of game over there. But I don't know if he's physical enough. It could be because he needs to add a little bit more strength. You know, he's, he's a guy that I, I do like. I mean, I like what he showed, but again, I think that is probably a problem when you know he's he's older and stronger like you've said with some of these prospects you know he's not a guy that i necessarily think he's he's an outlier in that regard you know he went to a lower conference 
He is older. You know, he had a redshirt junior season, so he's he's he wasn't a senior this year. He's a redshirt junior. I don't I don't know. I don't know where people I guess have him. I think draft capital is going to be huge for him. You know, without a combine invite, you know that's going to be held against him. His pro day is going to be important. I think he's probably going to test well in his forty. I doubt his agility scores are going to be very good. So. You know, in the right landing spot, is he a guy that I'd be interested in the third round of rookie drafts? Probably taking a shot at. I do think he possesses some good traits and some upside. I I just think there's a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks for Preston Williams. The NFL, at least organizations, already said um, that they're they're worried about this guy, right? Um, He had a lot of literal misdemeanors during his college season. Um, He had to redshirt his first year after he transferred into the Mountain West Conference with Colorado. I'm not willing to truck positives on film with Preston Williams. Like someone like DK Metcalf, who there is a consensus in the film community that there are traits here apart from zach mm-hmm. by the way zach hates D- dk metcalf <laughs> said he's horrible <laughs> I um, love zach. <laughs> but um like there is a serious consensus that there is m- something there on tape to be positive about i'm still not gonna mm-hmm. overvalue that preston williams like i think draft cap getting drafted is gonna be a challenge here um, I, I don't that. think that's going to boost him. Like he played three games in the one season he did play before he played this last season. So even that, um, with an eight point nine percent dominator rating, uh, like close to ten uh, percent under the average of players playing at the age of eighteen, um, even ruling that one out, like this forty six percent dominator rating last year just means almost nothing to me. He, he still comes out under productive, and then the the value in looking at it holistically like that and ruling out stories of the fact that he was injured and missed year, not injured. Um, literally in trouble with the law and missed years, taking that larger sample size, it takes into a lot of players that have had similar problems and, and look, most, they're not productive in the NFL. Um, it all adds up to lower draft capital, teams being lower on them, less opportunity, less development, less knowledge of how to run their routes, less knowledge of how to play the position, let alone scaling up um, the competition level. I mean, we don't know what Preston Williams does when the competition level gets harder. He traded into an easier conference, into a more pass-friendly system, and yeah, he was decently productive in that last year but if you can't put together especially without injury concerns a decent college profile then the trend is down like i don't like him i I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen and but what are we talking about in terms of value here you like do you think people are drafting him in the third round because there i will make a strong argument you should not do that yeah i mean that's what i'm saying like it would take really good draft capital and a good landing spot for me to consider him in that range you know we've done some rookie mocks i haven't seen him drafted you know he's probably going to be a uf um undrafted free agent even on dynasty rookie drafts even five rounders um but like i said i i think he has some good traits you know he's not a he's just inconsistent even in the run blocking games he shows flashes i mean his highlight reel is impressive but you watch him game to game snap to snap um i think you're going to be a little bit less interested than um i see the intrigue because he looks like kind of a prototypical nfl wide receiver um i think he carries he carries his weight pretty well is there anything more misleading yeah no no i mean i i get it i mean like i said i'm kind of agreeing with say that. it again <laughs> 
<laughs> I said it. I said it once, and that's enough. <laughs> Let's move on to a better water season. Yeah, talk about night and day. That was going to be my segue here. Like uh, Keyshawn Johnson, on the other hand, um, he got it in spades. Um, he had a dominator rating of twelve point nine percent at age eighteen, which does not break out, but is you know it's noteworthy that we have college production from him from eighteen to twenty one. Not all of them are above average in every year. At age nineteen, twenty, and twenty one, pretty far above average. He broke the breakout threshold for every year, so he has an age nineteen breakout age. But what I do know is compared to successful wide receivers, this guy was this guy was good. He was fifteen percent over the average of successful wide receivers at age nineteen. 6% at 20 and 2% at 21. And that downward trend isn't that concerning when you're comparing it to the average uh, versus his overall production. Keyshawn Johnson is someone I'm comfortable with talking about in the end, mid to end of the first round. Um, and that's this far out. That's not with the asterisks of draft capital matters. Like, it would have to be bad for me to take him out of l- at least late round, late first round consideration in this class. Is there any chance you hate this guy? <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, I wish <laughs> he is coming in at twenty-two, Jake. He's old. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> I wish that I did hate him, but um, I actually think that you're going to be able to get him quite a bit later than where you'd be willing to take him. I think he's probably going to be more consensus mid second, maybe even third round pick, depending on obviously draft capital and landing spot. But he he really doesn't have many flaws to his game. You know, he's re- he's twenty. Sorry, dude. I keep burning your flow, but he's 26 in the overall, according to DLF. Right yeah, now. so that's third round. I mean, and I I will continue on this train. He's a guy that reminds me Calvin Harmon. Oh, really? I'd rather take Keyshawn Johnson where he's being drafted than Calvin Harmon where he's being drafted. <laughs> really good route runner. Really good hands. Has enough athletic ability to separate. And do some things in the open field after the catch. Shows good contested catchability. Makes some nice one-handed catches. Plays all over the field too. I think he's. I think I. I like him as a bigger slot wide receiver in the NFL. That that's where they played him a lot at Fresno State. Just just a heads up. He has no relation to the other Keyshawn Johnson, former Jets draft pick, um, knucklehead, and he also played. At Devontae Adams on water in Fresno State, and they both went to the same high school, so obviously he's going to be productive. <laughs> but it was interesting on the open bar last week. Um, Kyle Francis at um, Franchise KF, he actually comped Kelvin Harmon to Devontae Adams, and he kind of understood that I had viewed Keyshawn Johnson and Kelvin Harmon similarly. So he kind of understood how all those guys kind of got clumped together. I would like to see him put on some more weight. He's 6'2", 198, which I think is okay. He does look a little bit small to me. So I would like to see him have a little bit more play strength. Um, I think he's fine. And again, if he's going to play slot, I'm not maybe quite as worried about it. But I think he has ability to play outside. Man, I, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about Keyshawn Johnson. I think he's being undervalued. I think he projects to be probably a wide receiver two or three in an NFL offense. I mean, I, if, if he gets in that late first, I don't know if I'm going to be willing to, to pay up like you may. Um, I understand his production profile is very good. His breakout age and market share are very good. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy. He's probably my wide receiver six right yeah, now. Something I've noticed is I've gotten so obsessed with making my database because of my geeky nerd guy and stuff and including as much information and context as I can 
that I've lost um, some of the simplicity that I've I've always tried to offer. Like, who's more likely to break out in the NFL? With wide receivers, I want to get back to that. To break it down a little further, the only guy more likely to break out to be successful in the NFL from this class at the wide receiver position is Nikhil Harry. Johnson comes in second. I will probably have Greg Dortch over Keyshawn Johnson because the reason Dortch comes in lower is because he redshirted his age 18 season. That question mark of whether Dortch could have done it at 18 as well I, I kind of like that question mark. The other guy I would put over him is Kelvin Harmon, funnily enough, because he did break out at age 18, um, and I just really like that value in terms of likelihood of breaking out in the NFL. But that's the conversation Keyshawn Johnson is in for me. J.J. Whiteside is just below that line of demarcation. They all have age 19 breakouts, so they're as likely to break out in the NFL. Looking at their overall production... Um, it goes Harry, Keyshawn Johnson, Dorch, and Harmon for me. And again, since you mentioned him, and I, I do love my little buddy over at FS Statistics, Jesse Reeves has also been high on yes. Keyshawn Johnson ever since he saw my market share data. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse does a lot of his own work, like a lot of his own work. And he has... Um, been an out front on Johnson as well. Keyshawn Johnson's definitely someone the crowd is undervaluing, and I honestly don't know why. This is just someone no one's noticed. So what we have to do from here on out, fam, is never mention Keyshawn Johnson again, because we don't want the crowd to get any smarter <laughs> on him. Like, um, I won't go Harmon over Johnson like Jake would, but I will be really happy if I could get both. <laughs> I'll be, like, really happy if I could get both. I know, Jake. Um, like, I really enjoyed this episode. That's probably a bad sign. People are like, man. Yeah, people are going to be pissed that we agreed so much. <laughs> but you know what? They can kick rocks. Is there anything else you want to add or we have to tell everyone about? No, I don't think so, man. Thank you for joining us at the Crossroads again this week. I've enjoyed myself. So I always do, especially when Jake uh, finally decides to show up. Got to throw some shade. Got to throw some. I work hard for that shade. <laughs> That's my favorite quote. <laughs> no, but seriously, we're um, very glad to have you back, Jake. It's great to see you again, and great to have you all here with us. But we will see you again, as always, even if it's just me, next week. Later. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Just grind that tape. It's the dynasty crossroads where film is everything. The dynasty crossroads where numbers are the king. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. hard for that shade I miss Peter a lot of ums to cut out already every time I go to write down James Williams name I end up writing James White yeah let's do the water receivers I, I can't disprove Jake, and that's that, that's really painful for me. Um, I love it. I'm just gonna play that on a loop when I go to sleep. Yeah, let's fight. Let's go.
Who's a guy? I love Isaac. I, I get it, but I'm kind of agreeing with that. I said it. I said it once, and that's enough. He got it in spades. I work hard for that shade.